Okay, let's begin again. So we're in the middle of Perek Dalid. Let's go back a second to what we started yesterday. So we're now on a new section, right? The next sec- this section is in order to understand all of our questions that we posed, we have to really go and understand what is the makeup of a godly soul? What is the makeup of a Jew? Like, why is a Jew different than everything else? So therefore, by understanding what we are, and then to understand what we're supposed to be doing with this, then we can understand what is the whole tshuva process. Okay, so that's basically where we are. So it's just like this, like it says in the Parash, and the point here, as we started to speak about yesterday, is that the Jewish person is a chelik of Havaya. He's a portion of Havaya, right? That's the, that's the chiddish. Right, so he's bringing out this point to, to say that this is a distinction from other points of creation. But not only, uh, and this is where we have to get to, not only is this manifest in the upper worlds where there's going to be, as we're going to be discussing in today's class, a gilui of this, there's a revelation of this, but also down here in this world, as the soul is coming into the physical body, this is the way it is. Now, in the upper worlds, obviously, uh, you would be able to see more of that gilui, right? Because things are spiritual and we're able to see more about the sources of, from where things come. Whereas down here in this world, a Jewish person doesn't necessarily look different than anyone else, right? He's the same. He looks exactly the same. And, and all of creation, right, is, you know, there's not necessarily one distinction over another. But yet, we see that this is actually the fact. And one of the words that he uses here when it says amo is similar to the word umumus, right? Umumus means um, like gechalim oymus, right? It means coals that are dimmed, like there's a certain dim to it. Like in other words, like uh, someone that uh, lights a fire on a barbecue, right? So there's the concept of a fire, right? If you use like wood or something like that and you see like the fire is burning out, you see it clearly. And then there's the idea of a coal. A coal, right, is each coal is its own like separate entity. And in fact, the heat of the coal is really hidden inside the coal to the extent that if you look on the outside, a lot of times the coals will look a grayish color and you won't necessarily see anything. You won't necessarily see that they're hot, they're not hot, right? In other words, you don't really know. I mean, if you look at a barbecue and it's been burning for quite some time, you see that there are a bunch of gray coals in it. And if you look at it, like let's say you take a, a picture of it, you don't necessarily know that whether these coals are on fire now or they're not on fire now they're not hot or not hot right it could be that they you know there was a coals that were burned you know three days ago and they somehow put them out or they with water or something like that but if you go closer to it and let's say that you blow on it you'll see that the coals the gray coals all of a sudden turn orange or red and in fact you can see that the actual heat that comes from them might be even greater than the heat that's coming from a flame in other words people like to cook dafka with coals because it's very, very hot, right? And yet, it's not a flame that's burning something, right? <laughs> Same thing here. With the idea, when it says it, it's from the word amo, means from oimus, that even the way we are in our goof, in the body, where we don't see that flame, we don't see that energy, we don't see that gilu uh, yalokus, we could say, right? Nevertheless, we have to recognize that it's there. That's the first, that's the beginning of our process. Like we say in the beginning of Tanya, right? That he blew 
right, into his nostrils, a neshama of chayim, a living neshama, man denafach mitokit denafach, right, and what it says over there in Perik Beis of Tanya, what we said over there was that when a person blows, he blows from his inside. Now, every muscle, right, and every nimshal, right, are obviously very connected. And obviously, if it's a muscle that's coming from, right, from a Rebbe, right, so we know that there's many points that are meduyak. There are certain points that are not so meduyak, but there are many points that are meduyak. From this, we see the idea that it says dafka right from the chumash when it says that it's being blown in. There is a concept of blowing. Now, blowing, uh, when you when you point out a concept, you have to understand what it's not saying. So, what is it not saying? The other thing that comes out of our mouth is not blowing, but speaking, right? So, there's two ideas that is, are being contrasted here in Tanya: the idea of speech and the idea of to blow into something. Speech is something that on the one hand, it is delivering something from my panemius, right? In other words, if I wouldn't be speaking now and I would just be sitting here in quiet, you would not understand what's in my brain. You wouldn't understand what I'm thinking about. But now that I'm speaking, I'm able to reveal to you what it is that's in my brain. On the other hand, as much as it is revealing something in my inside, the actual act of speaking is a very uh, superficial act in terms of the amount of breath that I have to generate that's coming from my lungs and I could actually go on speaking for hours and people do right you could have a speaker that could speak for hours straight no problem you know sometimes you may take a drink of water or something like that but in other words it's not a hard thing the idea of a breath is the idea of like now it's coming from his inside right in other words he has to when you when you get ready to blow up a balloon for example like you you take a deep breath in then you go oh and you, and you could see it in this whole body it gets contorted and he's trying to get out what's like from the most deepest part of himself into this balloon to blow it up. And after a few breaths of blowing up the balloon, the guy goes, oh, okay, I need a break. You know, it's like, he's totally out of breath. So on the one hand, if you were to measure, so to speak, the air molecules that were coming out of his mouth, they probably wouldn't look so different from the air molecules that are coming from his talking. But we see that the whole act itself is a very different act, and that's what we're focusing in on here in this muscle. So we're saying that the, the nishama is connected to the panemius of Elokus. By saying, what we're saying is that that nishama is coming from panemius. Masha Enkain, what's the other discussion that it talks about with regards to, to breath or speech? What's the other one that we talk about in Taira? We're just learning it now in, in, uh, in Chitas. Um, the idea that like, Hashem creates the world with his words. Exactly. The creation of the world through speech. Right? The ten utterances. Right? That, that would be what we're discussing even right now. Uh, if we're learning Chitas the last few days. Right? So we're using both of these mashalim to bring out a certain point. That on the one hand, you have all the nivroyim, all the creations, right? That are being made on a constant basis, and we say it's constantly being brought into existence, like we learn, right? Right? Like the, the Baal Shem Tov taught us that your words are constantly standing in the Shemaim, right? It's always Hashem's constantly creating. But that's an idea that's being created through speech, right? By the creation through speech, therefore, it's much more connected to the chitzonius, the external, superficial, right? So, yes, it's coming from Hashem as well. But there's a very different 
uh, analogy that's being used for this. And that's what he's going to focus on now. Let's go into it. Even though for sure, obviously, when we are talking about such things, we are have to realize that there is no such thing as speaking or blowing or things like that that are connected to a body, right? That is obviously not what's happening with Hashem. But like it says in the Gemara, that the words of Tyra are meant to be said in the words in, in a way that a person can relate to them. So therefore, we're using ideas that are relatable to a person, right? And therefore, we're talking about such verbs as speaking and blowing, and things like that, because that's something that we could relate to. Just like there is a hefresh, a difference, a great uh, distinction. In a, down here in a person, right? Between the speech that is coming, between the breath that comes out when a person is speaking, right, like we just were talking about before, in contrast to when a person is blowing into something. Right? In other words, when, I, when I'm speaking, I'm speaking, sitting here in front of the classroom speaking, right? I could go on and on and on and on and on, right? Because why? Because there's a simple point that the highest that I'm investing in the speech is very limited, right? It's a limited highest. It's very marked. And therefore, it's a very superficial aspect of myself that I'm investing in my speech. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting how the altar uses the um, the have al shayotimipiv. It's like it's like nothing that comes out of his mouth. That's right. When that's like, right. Like that's how Hashem created the world. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, how is it like a nothing though? That's well, it's coming from it, it is a, it is a something because he creates it as being a something, but it's really all based on the breath of his mouth that's coming out. So therefore, in essence, it is a nothing. What about for Bnei Adam, where like the Alter Rebbe in Lukuz um, Amorim talks about how our speech can't be compared to Hashem's speech, because our speech leaves us when we when we talk, versus Hashem's speech, who like it stays with stays forever. It's uni- forever unified with Him. Right. So when He says like Hevel Shiot Mipiv, definitely talking about humans and not Hashem. Right. We're, we're, right now we're discussing the Mushal, right? So we have before we bring out the we're going back and forth between the Mushal and the Nimshal. Right, okay. so we're talking about it in the person. But when it comes out from the strength, the power of the person who is blowing, that it's specifically coming from a deep point within himself, that's where it's being blown from. It's enclosed within it, the kayach v'chayas, right, from the inner aspect of the living soul that's inside of him. So that's the difference that we were saying before. To the extent that a person, after he blows for a certain period of time, he could even faint. Right? That's the, the difference. So now what he's saying with this is that it's not just the nishamas, it's not just the people down here in this world, but it's even, we have to say, as the, uh, as the Rebbe is, is discussing here, Benogea to the, to the nimshal above, that it's not just that it's the entities down here, but even the malachim in the upper worlds, which are, are obviously in such a revealed way 
connected to Hashem, they're also coming from the hevel of speech, not of blowing. Okay, that's what he's going to get onto now. Because at the end of the day, the malachim are a bria. Since they're a bria, they're coming from the creation, which is from the chitzonius of Hashem's speech, so to speak. Now, kacha mamish, right? Now, this is, this is where we go into the, right, into the nimshal, right? Just like we separate completely, without any limit. Right, that there is a very big distinction in the upper worlds between all the hosts of heaven, and even the malachim. There's a difference between what? Between the nivrayim and which are the malachim, in comparison to the soul of the person, right? Because at the end of the day, they are being created from nothing to something. And they are being brought into existence and continuing to be in existence. From the chitzonius of the chayis, from the same energy that's coming down in order to create the worlds. So that same energy that is bringing the worlds from nothing into something, right, is creating also the malachim from nothing into something. But it's coming very much from a chitzonius of Hashem. Yes? Do Shafa and Mashbiyah have the same Shoresh? Yes. Okay. Ubechina zu, this level, nikras b'shem ruach piv al derech mashal. Now, this level is called a ruach piv, the breath of his mouth. For example, like it says, we, we say that from the breath of his mouth comes out all of the hosts. What does that mean? This is like the energy that's going into the letters of the ten utterances that we talk about. That this is just the kalim, this is just the, the vessels. For the hamshachas, like we say in Parak Yud Aleph of Shari what is he saying here? We know that, for example, there are words, and there is the energy behind the words. An example of this could be seen, like for example, let's say a child that just learned how to read, right? Uh, if he reads a book, right, he could read every word in that book, but Lav Davka is he going to understand what the book is talking about? Especially if, let's say, that he speaks English and he reads a book that's in French. Now, he could read the words. He could probably even maybe even pronounce the words relatively well. And therefore, in terms of the actual physical word, he got, he got the physical word, right? But he's not getting the energy that's enclosed within the word. So there's the energy that's in the word and then there's the actual word itself. The, the, so to speak, the physical, obviously it's not physical, but you know what I mean by that, right? The keli of the word. So there's the or and the keli of the words. So the or that's going into the kalim, right, is obviously coming from a different place than the keli itself, but this or is still from a chitzoniistic level. So the same or that's going into the creation of the world is also going into the creation of these malachim. Yeah? Ubein he said, whenever you look, there's Bain, right? So he's contrasting. Bain called Tzvah between all the hosts of heaven, right? A few lines up. 
And now he says, right, in comparison to Nishama Sa'adam. So what's in the difference? As in contrast to the nishama of a person, right, that is coming all the way down here and it's coming dafka from the pinimius, right? So there's a hefresh atzumoid, right, as the Alter Rebbe just gave us these words, a huge difference, right, between us and all the other nivrai, right? That even though, that what, what are we saying here? Yeah? That they are, even though the malachim el yonim, for example, that they're being created, yesh mi'ayin, their, their chayis is coming from the chitzonis, the chayis which is malubish in the, in the speech. Namely, the words of the ten utterances. Yeah? Masha'en kain, Right? The difference is when it comes to a Yiddish Nishamala, it's coming from not from the outside elements, the Chitzonius. It's coming from the Pnimius of the Chayas of Elokus. That's why it's called Biyipach. Now, as we said before, if we were to take a staircase upstairs, right? Staircase to heaven, right? And we would look. So over there, you see, right, at this given point of time, that you see that there is a distinction. That over there, there is a huge gilui. Over there, there's a huge gilui of the elokus over there. Right? In contrast to the way the soul is enclosed within the body. Down here, the soul, the way it's enclosed within the body, like we said before, the word oimimus, the way the, that it's dimmed, it's concealed, it's like the, gachel, the, the coals that are dimmed. We don't see it. Right? We don't see this gilui. So if we are to contrast the way we're looking in terms of gilui, of the nishama, the way it is in a body down here, in contrast to, for example, a malach that's in the world of Bria, so there's be'in aroch in terms of gilui. Right? Because you don't see, you don't feel the gilui, you don't see the gilui. It's not what's happening down here in this world. That's not what we're focusing in on. Right? However, right? Because at the end of the day, the malachim are spiritual entities... Right, and they're not malubish in a goof, so therefore it's pure, so to speak, pure uh, uh, breath of speech, so to speak, without it being coming into even the into the actual kalim of the oisius. Right, that's what's happening over there. So that koyach is constantly being involved in it, and not just that. What's the concept of a malach? The malach is like a shaliach, right? What's the job of a malach? The malach's job is to do what the Abishter wants it to do. That's the job of a malach. So therefore, in that way, it's totally bittle. Right? The malach is completely bittle to the Abishter. The um, Abishter tells him to do something, the malach is right on it. There's no... Masha Enkin, a Jew down here in this world, we're told to put on tefillin. But if a person decides that he doesn't want to put on tefillin, he's not going to put on tefillin. So you could ask yourself the question, what's going on here? So Mitzad Echad, right, we're saying, wait a minute, the actual energy that's coming into a Nishama Yisrael while it's in a body is coming from Pnimius, Elokus. Masha'enkin, a Malach, is coming from Chitzainius. Nevertheless, you have to say, right now, at this moment, the Gilui of that Chayis is totally different. So to the extent that a Malach, right now, there's no way it could go against what the Abishu is telling it to do. Masha'enkin, a Jew. A Jew can decide, I don't want to put on tefillin. 
I don't want to keep Shabbos. I want to eat this thing which I shouldn't be eating. He could decide that. Right? So that's the difference between a bepayel in terms of the gilui of what's happening right now. So far, so everyone's with me? Okay. Afterwards, it comes down into a concealed level. Right. So even though we're saying, as we said before, that the pnimius, the shayrish of the hamshacha that's coming into an neshama is coming from the pnimius, like it says, ve'ipach, right? Nevertheless, in order that it should become enclosed within a body, right, it needs to go through the letters. So just like we have the letters of speech and of the Aseris Adibros, all the different letters that are creating all the different things in creation, so similarly we have also with a person. Right? What's the, what's the letters of speech? Nase Adam. When it says Nase Adam, it means that it's enclosing now that very high level energy into letters. It's being concealed into the letters. Then that becomes part of the human being and part of the person. Yeah? Another question that is that's an excellent question. So this is a famous question in terms of does Adam Arishon have a neshama, neshama elokis, right? A, so the answer is the general opinion is yes, and then over the time it went away, and then it came back, depending on the generation. But yes, that's an excellent question. So then what happens is it gets it's able to become to such an extent that even down here we do not feel this 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 high level soul that's coming into us now the Altarebbe gives a similar example to this in a different place in Tanya if you remember going back to Perik base in Likutei Amori right he gave an example over there everyone's familiar with Perik base right 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 the example that, if you remember, if you turn the page, right, and on the right side of the page, it discusses a whole muscle over there that talks about the idea of <coughs> a human being being created by the father and the mother. And it says over there that the seed goes into the mother and, and it fertilizes the egg. And then, over the course of the nine months, it grows in the mother. And then, after the child is born, right, it comes out, and it looks like it's his own being and completely uh, cut off from everything else in the world, its own mitzvah. And in a certain aspect, it is its own mitzvah. On the other hand, the Alter Rebbe explained over there that even the toenails on the foot of the child came from the, the sperm of the father. And therefore, there is still a connection to the father, even in the most remote unfeeling. And the reason why he uses the nails is because the nails is the most unfeeling part of the body. Right? So that connection is still there. Even despite the fact that it doesn't feel it, doesn't feel the connection, doesn't feel that. No, you're right. It doesn't feel anything. To the extent that the toenails you don't feel anything with. Right? As long as they don't get like a hangnail or whatever. But you don't feel it. Nevertheless, 
that toenail is still intimately connected to the source from which it came. That's the muscle he brings over there. So we can say a similar idea over here as well. That on the one hand, right, we're saying it's coming from v'yipach, right, it's blowing, it means from the panemius, etc., etc. On the other hand, it's coming down into a human body. The human body, right, is the idea that is, is so far removed from an actual experience of feeling that panemius, the connection to the abishter. Right? It's concealing over it constantly. But that's not to take away from the fact that it is. In other words, if we're talking about Helam and Gilui, what's Helam and Gilui? Um, right. Concealment and revelation, right? So then there's a huge difference. Because when you compare it to, uh, for instance, the comparison that we've been making is to a Malach, so the Gilui is unbelievable. The Gilui upstairs for the Malach, he knows exactly what's flying. He knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing. He knows exactly how he's bitled to the Abishter, etc., etc. Masha Enkin, the, the, us down here in this world, we don't experience that, but that's not what we're feeling. On the other hand, Be'etzim, the actual Chayis that's coming in is a completely different Chayis. And that's the point that he's bringing over here. So that's what we have to, we, we have to focus in on. And therefore, that's why the Malachim, when it talks about them in, in various places throughout Tanakh, it's constantly using the name Elohim. Like Hashem, our God, is the God of all gods. So what does it mean, the God of all gods? What is that? Elohim, right? That's the idea, again, of this concept of, right, of a Malach. Right? Or Hodul Elokei Elokim. Right? Or Vayavo Bnei Elokim, Lisiatsev. Here comes the, the children of Elokim to stand up. Because really, the, the, the nurturing of the Chayis is coming from the Chitsonius, which is the Isis alone. So therefore, when you're looking at it, where, the, where is their chayas coming from? Their chayas is coming from Elohim. That's where their chayas is coming from. Because just like we have the same idea of, right, the differences between the Shem Havaya and the Shem Elohim, right, that the Shem Havaya is showing on the Or Sof, the way it is by itself. On the other hand, the idea of Shem Elohim is the idea of something that's concealing, hiding over. Like we discussed extensively, actually, I think it's today's, uh, no, uh, I think it's tomorrow's. But in, in Perak Dalit, in Shari Yechadav it goes into extensively the idea of like the sun and the, and the shield that's above the sun, right? That the Shem Elohim and the Shem Havaya, right? That it's like the, the concealment and the revelation, right? Constantly or, or the hiding or the, the goof and the soul or the word and the information that's inside the word. Like all of these different mashalim that we're using constantly is the difference between Shem Havaya and the Shem Elohim. Right, that's the idea that we're talking about here. Right, however, the actual neshama of a Jew that is coming from the penimius achayis, he chelak Hashem havaya baruchu ki Hashem havaya moira penimius achayis shehulam mylam mylam v'chinus ha'isios. So this is referring to back to the idea of the penimius achayis, which is way beyond the whole concept of letters. Uh, that we're talking about in terms of the Shem Elohim, right? So therefore, what we're saying essentially, we'll stop here for today, that what we're saying essentially is 
that there is a distinction between right revelation mitzad, revelation and concealment that's one aspect but mitzad what is actually happening and what is not happening is a totally different story mitzad revelation you have to say like things like the malachim are much more the revelation they understand they see they are experiencing godliness every single instant right so it's a different experience masha enkin a neshama in a body we don't feel it necessarily all the time or maybe even very little of the time we experience it right on the other hand where is the the etzim thing itself is two different stories because one is coming from chitzainius idea of like the letters and one is coming from Panemius. Shemavaya Shemalokim. And that's why the Malachim, despite their revelation of godliness, since they're coming from the Shemalokim, they could be called in various places throughout Tanakh, Elokim themselves. Not because they're God. They're not God. But they're coming from that aspect of godliness, which is the Chitzonius aspect. Okay, I think we'll, we'll stop here for today.